Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. This is the first chapel service of the spring term, two months, and it's graduation. Or two months and it's the end of your first year and you have three or four more years to go. Or four or five or six, that's right. As for me and my house, we will obey the Lord. Looking for folks that I haven't seen before. Every so often at the beginning of a term there are some people who haven't been in chapel before. If you haven't been in chapel, would, can I just embarrass you? Raise your hand. One over here, one over here, one over here. Everybody else who's veterans, would you welcome them here? Jesus was right in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount when he started to talk about money. He had gone from preaching and now he was meddling. The topics were money, materialism. He spoke about the cost of living. He spoke about the importance of sound investments. He spoke about dressing like flowers and eating like birds. That's Rich Mullen's phrase, but I love it. He talked about the sense of security that people gain from all of the above. And then in the middle of the conversation, he said, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. The immediate context, Matthew 6, verse 24. The immediate context has to do with money. It has to do materialism. But the last sentence in that verse is really one of those kind of fill-in-the-blank kind of verses. You can't serve God and. Fill-in-the-blank. From Genesis to Revelation, the scriptures state over and over and over again that it's not possible to serve two masters. Their choices are God or fill in the blank. Anything or anyone else other than God is not God, right? You can't serve them both. You cannot serve God and fill in the blank. Well, the text that served as our theme for this year is also, I think, one of those kind of fill-in-the-blank verses. So I need you to take your Bible one more time and turn to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. And I know you just sat, but if you would, stand for the reading of the word. I think we can read it together. Let's read it aloud. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river 
or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Verse 14, Joshua outlines the steps that the people have to take if they're going to serve the Lord. If you need a four-point sermon, here it is. Point number one, fear him, reverence him, awe, be in awe of him. Point number two, serve him with faithfulness. In the New American uh, Standard Version, it says, serve him with, faith, with sincerity and truth. I think I like those words a little better. Third point, put away the gods. And he gives you some options of which kinds of gods to put away, but get rid of them. Point four, serve the Lord. You'll have to find your own poem and closing, closing remarks for that serve. <laughs> then in verse 15, though, verse 15, Joshua pushes this point and he pushes the people to a decision. Now, choose those gods or choose the Lord. But choose. Fill in the blank. As for me and my house, we will serve. That's the question that he puts to the people. Who's going to be in the blank? Tonight he wants to consider who that is. Who it is that Joshua called the people to serve because the call is extended to us too. Amen? Amen? Okay, just make it sure. Now, I've been thinking about this sermon for a while, and when I first began to, to uh, ponder all of this, it seemed like a, a good idea. I thought, hey, no problem. We'll just consider who the Lord is, then we'll determine to serve him. How hard can that be? Well, yeah. And then I started to pull the message together, and I ran into all these kinds of questions. How do, how do we adequately describe the Lord? Where do we start? How, how can we, what, what is it that we can say that even begins to be sufficient to catch a glimpse of him? I mean, how can we do him justice? How can we do him justice, especially when, if we consider that when Moses caught just a glimpse of the Lord's glory, Moses' face glowed afterwards for weeks on end? Or, or if we consider that when Jacob wrestled with the Lord, Jacob wound up with a name change and a limp the rest of his life. Or when we consider that when Isaiah saw the Lord in the temple, Isaiah said, I'm undone. He wound up with burnt lips. And then he said yes to the first mission impossible. When Paul encountered the Lord on the way to Damascus, he fell off his horse. He lost his sight, but... He found his life's mission. How do we begin to adequately describe the Lord? Well, I think we begin with his name. Now, there are a number of names who are used for God in the Old Testament. You won't have to worry about reading those. That won't be there very long, so don't try. <clears throat> Over and over again, there are words that are used to try to capture just who he is. So I want us to consider some of them. The first one is El, and it's usually translated God. Another word is Elohim. It's also translated God, but it has, it's the plural form. 
And it's usually used to describe God as creator, the, the preserver, the transcendent one, mighty and strong. All of those who have had intro to Old Testament, raise your hand. All of all those of you who have heard this already, raise your hand. Okay, just making sure. All right. Then next is El Shaddai, God who is all-sufficient. And then there is El Elyon, the God Most High. And then there is El Olam, the everlasting God. And El Berit, God of the Covenant. And El Gibor, the mighty God. And El Roi, the God of seeing. And then Adonai, Lord. All of these names are used in the Old Testament to try to get some capture of who God is. But none of them are the name that Joshua used the day when he spoke to his people. The name that Joshua used looks like this. The closest we can get to translating this is Yahweh. We're not really sure what the vowels were, but we've included those. Again, all you Old Testament folks, you know this? Just raise your hand, making sure that I got this right so far. And all of you in the Hebrew class, just forgive my pronunciation, all right? <laughs> it is the closest that we can get to translating the word into something that we can say. In the older English versions, it was translated Jehovah, but now it is most often translated into English as Lord, with all caps. So look back at the passage, Joshua 24, 14 and 15, as for me in my house, we will serve Yahweh. Joshua used the word Yahweh when he dared the people to choose which God it was that they were going to serve. He said they could choose one of those Egyptian gods or they could choose the Lord Yahweh who is the self-existent one. They could choose one of the gods of the Amorites or they could choose the Lord who said, I am who I am. They could choose one of those gods from the other side of the river or they could choose the Lord who revealed himself to Moses. I will be who I will be. They could choose one of those common run-of-the-mill gods from the land of Canaan, or they could choose the Lord whose name became so sacred that people stopped saying it or abbreviating it because they didn't want to sully it. They didn't want to mess it up. It is Yahweh to whom Joshua is referring when he says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. While I was doing some research for the message, I came across the following quote. It says, as to the meaning of the name, we are safer if we find the character of God from his works or from the descriptions of him in the scripture. It is safer for us, it is more true for us if we begin to consider God by the way that he acts and by the things that he's done quote actually reminded me of a song from a few years back. A few probably is 20, but I didn't want to say 20, so it's just a few years back. 
The chorus of the song goes like this. Lord, I praise you because of who you are, not because of all the mighty things you've done. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. It's all the reason that I need to voice my praise because of who you are. Nice words, but they're incomplete. In fact, if you, if you sing the song, the verses talk about what God does, but the chorus doesn't. Praise him for who you are. See, the only way that we can know who God really is at all is through his actions, through the things that he has done. We can sing, Lord, I worship you because of who you are after we have sung to God be the glory, great things he has done. Amen? Amen. In order for Joshua's challenge to stick for us, I think we have to do more than just know the meaning of the Lord's name, Yahweh. He wants us to know him that way. He wants us to understand who he is. The best way to know him is to consider the things that he's done. So for the rest of the time we have, I want us to spend some time reviewing some of the other Old Testament names, that the uh, names of the Lord that begin with Yahweh. But I want us to do more than just identify the names. You can find the list. In fact, I'll put the sermon on the internet. You want all the resources, I'll give you a link. You're welcome. The names that we're going to look at are in the scripture are there because someone witnessed Yahweh doing something. They are there in the scripture because someone witnessed Yahweh in action and they told someone else about it and they told someone else about it and it is recorded now in the record. Just not hypothetical. They saw him act. So, we're going to say the names when they appear on the screen. And when they show up and when we say the name, if you've known God to act in this particular way in your life, I want you to stand. If you have experienced the Lord in the way that this describes, I want you to get to your feet because your standing will add to that long line of witnesses who have seen Yahweh in action. Your standing will also say to others, this is what Yahweh's like. Now, he works in different ways in our lives, doesn't he? So it could be that not all of the names that we're about to pronounce and all of the names that you're going to respond to apply to you, and that's all right. But stand if he has worked in your life in this particular way. So the first one is, and I'll say it and I want you to repeat it, Yahweh Yirah. The Lord will provide. What about Yahweh Rophe? Say it, Yahweh Rophe, the Lord who heals. Yahweh Nisi, say it, Yahweh Nisi, the Lord our banner, the one who goes before in battle. The next one, Yahweh M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. 
Yahweh Shalom. The Lord our peace. So, next slide. Ask for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. Okay, I need you to sit. We're going to start another list. There's more. The next one on the list is Yahweh Elohim. Say it. He is the Lord God. And you're welcome to stand if you'd like. Yahweh Tzidkenu. The Lord our righteousness. Yahweh Rohi. The Lord our shepherd. And Yahweh Shama. The Lord is there. Yahweh Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay, have a seat again. There are still more. There are some other names that don't begin with the name Yahweh that describe the Lord and they describe his actions. The next one is Abhir. See it? He's the mighty one. The next is Kadosh. He's the holy one. Shaphat. He's the judge. Kana. He's the jealous God. Palet. He's the deliverer. Malech. He's the king. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. One more time, have a seat. One last set of names. They are Yesha, Savior. Gao, Redeemer. Magen, the shield. Elayut, strength. Tzadik, the righteous one. And Zur, God our rock. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now you can sit. It brings us back to the place where we began. We are listening to the great patriarch Joshua share his final words with his people. And he says, Now, fear the Lord. Serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and beyond the Mississippi and beyond the Rockies, and beyond the Missouri and beyond the Mason-Dixon line, and beyond the Columbia River, and beyond the Colorado River, and the Arkansas River, throw all those gods away. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, still a possibility, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve Yahweh.
obviously the question is nice and easy to come and Bill the question is who is the Lord that we'll serve Thank mm -hmm. you.